Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Molly's Monsters. We are still on a break, given the new human being that is eating and sleeping and pooping, uh, hopefully all three relatively regularly, but who knows, I'm recording this ahead of time. Previously on Molly's Monsters, Molly and Gal were tasked with going and finding out just what was causing all the chaos on Halloween night in Pinedale, Oregon, and they found a graveyard full of zombies as Roman looked to be possibly the most badass person who's ever existed. They defeated the zombies, interrogated a man named Hollow Jocko who pointed them towards College Town where he said that bone golems were running rampant. Fine chaos, he said. Fine broken brown arrow. They're looking to try and make magic known to the world. No more supernatural, just natural. After a couple of zombie kills, Arthur arrived along with Elva and Cidalot, the demon cat, providing Molly and Gal with supernatural magical powers that were inside them all. No, it is contained within a potion. It's a real Michael secret stuff kind of thing. So they've got magic now. We're playing D&D. Enjoy the episode. We'll be back in a little bit with the conclusion. Bye. Smelling the smell of decaying flesh around you, Molly and Gal, you take a look at Arthur and find that he is in a rush. He says, so where are we going? What is happening? Is this going to be some sort of, uh, are we going with the college town, with these statues? Are we going with the, those bone golems, a personal favorite I know of, uh, of Gal Capone over there? <laughs> and then he is very embarrassed immediately. But he's looking at you with uh, uh, wide open eyes trying to figure out what it is and where you're going. I think we should head over to the college town. I remember... Halloween weekend when I was in college not too long ago. There's a ton of people that are going to be out tonight. I feel like we definitely need to make sure that that gets taken care of. Uh, while Molly is sharing the plan, Gal's just using Mage Hand to middle finger at Arthur for his <laughs> attempt at being funny. Gal does not find it funny. He hangs his head. He's He is suitably chastised. It's your boss, and you've gotten a good one on him. So this is this is one of the best feelings a human being can feel. All right, shall we? He says, yes. Uh, <clears throat> uh, in, uh, and then Roman says, I'll take the motorcycle. And he takes his big, huge, loud motorcycle. That's very tough. And uh, Arthur bar- uh, backs carefully out of the graveyard and goes back the way he came, leaving you guys in the graveyard to just have to walk out it's kind of an anticlimactic ending but there you go uh through the streets with leaves flying behind you like some sort of tim burton batman uh you make your way towards the college town and as you get closer and closer there's more and more lights on in each house there's more people on the sidewalks in the streets uh and there's less and less clothing to go around so you have reached the the college town as you are uh parking looking for any any sort of problems that are going around uh the entire crew gets out and ronan and elva elva uh, wellington says we'll split up from here uh i should look the part and she kind of waves her hand and all of a sudden she is wearing uh like a really tight red dress just like a she already looks like saint vincent with those cheekbones and now she's got the the red dress of the the mass seduction concert tour on uh and then weirdly enough like really convincing looking devil horns it's not just like a cheap costume. Those those devil horns are like, ooh, she must have had those underneath her skull this entire time. And she and Arthur go off somewhere else. Uh, and so you guys are left to try and find your way towards the chaos. Okay. Um. So we're like we've essentially just parked like on a street somewhere. Yeah, you've parked on the equivalent of let's say like a uh, this is going to be a great reference to everybody on the call. Uh, you've parked on the equivalent of a walnut uh, that's about a block and a half from like the real student campus. Got it. Got it. Okay. Um, 
I look over at Gal and say, uh, Arthur had mentioned something about statues coming to life. Can you think of where there are statues on campus? Um, well, I, you know, Gal Capone did not go to college. Uh, however, I do remember, like, sometimes they came out with those, like, weird artsy festival statues, you know? Like, the mascot statues that they, like, one would be, like, bedazzled and the next one would be, like, spray-painted black and everybody was like, ooh, it's avant-garde. Ooh, yeah. And those were usually, if I'm remembering correctly, around, like, the central class area. So wherever, like, the most school buildings are. All right, I that seems right to me too. So let's head over that way. All right, you kind of head past some of the the bigger house parties, and from a porch, someone's like, "Hey, where's your costume?" Uh, and you you tactfully ignore him as you go on. Um, but I I do have to say, you do start to get some more looks at from the fairies and from the hobos and from the uh, insert Netflix reference that is timely to this listening here. Uh, f- uh, all these sorts of frat boys and sorority ladies and, and everything for in between uh, start to give you some weird looks for not really truly being dressed up. What is the what is the thing you think you could pass off given your current state of dress? Oh, I was just going to say, how about I use Mage Hand and, like, steal, like, a devil's mask and then, like, a cape from someone, and Molly and I can try to do that. All right, roll for a sleight of hand. Okay. Uh, Ooh, baby, that is a 19 plus 8, so a 27. Ooh, baby, I love your rolls. Uh, You successfully steal a a devil's mask that somebody has been like, just has it looped over the back of their head. Like they're trying to avoid a tiger attack and it it just like cleanly comes off and the mage hand places it onto uh, either your or Molly's face. I don't know who you're expecting to be the devil, uh, but it places it right on the face. Who's got that devil mask? Uh, I think Gal will like take it and like offer it to Molly. Like, do you want this? Do I take it? You uh, are sure. like a weird celestial person now, so I don't know if this goes against your religion. <laughs> uh, I will take the devil mask. All right, and then as as some real big tough gym bro is like, hey, here are my muscles, and also I have a cape on. That's his costume. Uh, as you're walking past, the mage hand just like slyly undoes one of the strings, and it falls off behind him, and you're able to scoop it up. And so now you both look like uh, who, Stabler's the boy detective in SVU, but who is the lady detective in SVU? I Nobody? don't know that I've ever seen an episode of SVU. Well. All right. Well, the lady detective in SVU, but a cape, uh, is what both of you are sort of working with right now. Uh, And therefore, you have costumes on. Um, And so you are making your way towards the campus. It's getting lusher and ivier as you go. You are in the Pacific Northwest, but still, Ivy finds a way to climb onto brick buildings if somebody at one point has worn a mortarboard inside one of them. It's just one of those rules of life. Uh, as you're getting closer and closer, the actual party folks begin to die down. You do get a couple more cat calls before you get there, but now you're beginning to die down and you, it is getting eerily empty actually, uh, because you would think that at least some like sophomores would be walking through campus at this point, but they're not anywhere to be found. You do hear, however, some stomping from around the building. Uh Oh, <sighs> Well, um, should I try to sneak ahead and get eyes on what we have or? Yeah, I think that would probably be a good idea just to know how many and what exactly it is we're looking at here. Okay, so I'm going to try to like sneak around the buildings like in the bushes and try to get eyes on whatever is making the stopping noise. All right, we'll roll stealth. Uh, that is a 14. A 14. That's not going to be perfect stealth, but you managed to kind of like uh, tumble your way into a bush without anybody having caught you. My cape uh, but gets caught you... and it pulls me out. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's a good one. The cape gets caught. It's, it flourishes behind you very nosferatily, uh, but unfortunately, that's only more uh, witnessable. And so you see a slow turn of the head. You hear, You almost hear a creaking. Uh, and there in front of you is Abraham Lincoln, a full eight feet tall, made of stone. Uh, and he 
doesn't quite know what he's just seen. Uh, it's a statue of him. I don't know if I made that clear. Uh, and he is going to sort of begin stomping slowly towards you. Okay, cool. Um, I, uh, even though he's not moving very fast, I am going to use my ensnaring strike um, because that's when it hits him, it'll restrain him with vines. You got to hit him with a, a weapon though in order to do that. So do you, do you pop a shot? Do you run in and punch his ass? What no, do you do no, no, no. We're going to we're gonna strike? take a shot. All right. <laughs> Shooting on a college campus. Here we go. Ooh, maybe that's um, not a great idea. Is he idea, made of huh? stone or is he made of metal? Yeah, because if he's made he of stone, that's probably also going to ricochet off. I'm going to have to go with the knuckles then. Yeah. Okay. So um, he, he he minorly sees Gal Capone in a bush, and here comes just tearing ass around the corner of a building wearing a devil mask, uh, the stabler's partner, whoever, uh, with brass knuckles over her her. Knuckles, good sentence. Uh, and then reaches up and, and goes for it. Yeah, we're going to go for it. All right, let me All roll right. here. Uh, roll a 1d6, and that is a 6. No, you roll a 1d20, mon frere. This is D&D. Oh. No, my damage is 1d6, and that's why I got confused. Yes. We got a 15 plus... A 15 on the... Let's see. Five. Fifteen on the dice plus five, so a twenty. So a non-nat twenty. You re you run up and sort of Superman punch <laughs> like you're in a, a UFC movie from the early two thousands, uh, and you you haul off and try to ensnaring strike him, but I, I I swear you you hit him right in the stomach and he just splits in twain and shatters into pieces. Oh. Uh, so you have undone Abraham Lincoln. He is a he is a. <laughs> gravel of rocks around you and you kind of look back at molly and you're like i don't know oh no you're molly you look back at gal and you're like i don't know yeah I, I i look at gal that 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 didn't quite go how i expected it to uh that was a lot easier than i thought it would be yeah and then uh, right as you guys kind of uh gal stands up from the bush and is trying to untangle her cape um one man dressed as woody and a woman dressed as bo peep but each with the worst fitting costumes you have ever seen his too small hers too large uh come around the corner and they're kind of like oh we're we're sorry about this uh he says there's a snake in my boot and they start running off uh, to the side. So you, you've managed to save the Toy Story characters from having to see uh, Abraham Lincoln moseying about. So good work on you guys. Good for us. Good for you. Okay, is there still stomping noise? or Not like, that you it... can hear, but I'm going to tell you what. Roll a, that's not called a perception check. Me too or just Katie? <laughs> Well, you can roll one too if you'd like. Um, that's only an eight. Everything seems fine. Uh, I got a six. Everything seems even better than that. You've <laughs> solved it. You have beaten my statue puzzle. Okay. Um, I look over at Gal and say, "This seems like it's almost too easy. I feel like we must be missing something. Let's walk, like, keep walking around the perimeter of the building." All right. Uh, yes. let's go. So as you as you keep walking, uh, the night is cool and fresh. It's it's feeling very nice. You guys enjoy it very much, and you've solved the puzzle. Uh, and you you continue walking, and running out is a man with a red, white, and blue headband around his head, uh, a undershirt that has been cut to look like a basketball jersey, and then the shortest shorts and the hairiest legs you've ever seen on a man. And he just tears ass past you. He is he's running uh, from your left to, and then he takes like a, a roundabout way around you, uh, and then he continues running without even noticing. It's very clear this was supposed to be some sort of 70s basketball. He is not just out for a run. Um, I'm going to yell after him like, what are you running from? What's going on? <laughs> That's what you get in response. Okay. Cool. I feel like we should probably head in the direction that he just came from. Yep. I would concur. Yep. Uh, so you make your way and you find uh, uh, that you are looking to get around the sort of 
you know, uh, f- from your time in the class you, or from your time in the college, you recognize that this was a liberal arts building or whatever, and you find a woman holding a book uh, with a staff in her hand, and she's blindfolded. This is law. The building, the law building was right past it. So you assume that this came from the law building, and there is a downed man in front of uh, the law statue that is currently sort of swinging its bow staff around. Like a, an unconscious man? Yeah, he is. He is on his. He is on his face, and he's not looking great. Um. Okay. Uh. Well, I'm. Again, uh, is this a stone statue or a metal statue? Uh, this is a stone statue. We're just gonna go ahead and say they're all stone statues. Okay. Um. I'm going to. I guess. Uh. If she's swinging at this dude, I'm gonna run forward with my baseball bat. All right. Roll to attack. Um, that is a 14 to hit. That is not going to hit. So you run up and the the statue, despite being blindfolded, manages to sidestep you. Uh, And in fact, the the guy on the ground kind of rolls over with a... (laughs) And uh, maybe trips you up a little bit. So that baseball bat goes wide. So now we're going to need you both to roll for initiative. Alrighty. A six. A 19. Ooh, baby. So, um, Gal, despite uh, missing your first swing, you are quick on the updraw, and you are up again first. Uh, Um, So you are now slightly behind the statue, which is slowly turning around. uh, I'm just going to, like, swing a hand back, and I'm going to try to do shocking grasp. So a thing that I can touch, I can go deliver a shock to it if I hit it. All right. This so this is a melee attack. This is a spell attack. Oh, it's a melee attack. Yes. Um. So yeah. that is a a fifteen to hit. That is a fifteen to hit. Go ahead and roll damage. Uh, six points of damage. That's six. That's going to come down to three points of damage. And the statue kind of... And you can see some of the laurels uh, when it shivers begin to shake loose. But this the statue is very resistant to electricity as a damage uh, and begins to turn around and uh, just sort of... Uh, like a golf swing takes it at you, and so it's going to roll damage on Gal Capone, or roll to attack Gal Capone, and lucky for you, rolls a seven all combined. So I'm going to assume that doesn't hit. Uh, no, that does not. It does not hit. Molly, you are up. All right. Uh, I am convinced that my brass knuckles are now, you know, infallible because I just burst Abraham Lincoln into a million pieces. So I'm going to go ahead and take a swing with the brass knuckles again. Oh, shit. That's a three plus five is eight. That's a eight. That's not going to hit. So no, this statue's a little so. bit... The statue's a little bit bigger than Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln was one of those statues that's like, I guess we need to have this statue on a college campus. I guess we're required to. And the, this statue of law is a little, made with a little bit more care. Uh, and so she's a little bit bigger and manages to just sort of duck out of the way. Uh, that brings us up to uh, the man on the ground who begins to groan even louder. That's his turn. Gal? Um. So now that... Uh molly is within five feet i'm gonna go with my bat and you're gonna try and sneak attack the statue i guess sneak attack if another person's within five feet of it yeah well i didn't say you couldn't uh so that's 16 to hit um so then that is uh, uh 20 points of damage you're not you're not gonna believe this, but that manages to kill it. Um, <laughs> um so let's tell it like this. Molly, you uh completely whiff this and you see the dead mat blindfold of law staring down at you, reminding you of the time you were at that courthouse fighting the man. Uh, and as it is just staring down at you, you can tell that this bow staff is coming straight for that cranium, and you are not loving the idea, and suddenly it just explodes into a thousand rocky pieces that manage to, like Pulp Fiction, just go right around you. And there, standing in its place, is Gal Capone, not even breathing hard, just like, ha 
Okay, that was seriously impressive. Uh, what is happening? You know, that's a great question that uh, I don't have the answer to, and I'm going to kind of kneel down and check this guy out. Okay. Uh, he's kind of handsome. Uh, he's about six foot one. Is that what you meant by check him out? Uh, no, check his pulse. You don't know what gal's sexuality <laughs> is. That's true. I'm sorry. Um, I would have you roll medicine, but the fact that you said check his pulse, he's doing fine. You see no cuts or scrapes or blood. In fact, you see kind of just like some some scuffs on the knees and the elbows. Uh, and then when, as you roll him over, you smell just the worst jungle juice on his breath. Okay, Ugh. so I'm less concerned now. He's on his back. I, I'll tilt him onto his side. <laughs> I suppose. How kind of you, uh, Katie. Yeah, and you put a wet floor do not step on sign across him and draw a dick on his face. And, um, <laughs> I as will check care his of- pockets. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, in his pockets, you find three condoms, and it's like, whoa, buddy. Good luck. Uh, you find $20 all in fives, which is like, who carries this many fives with you? And then you find a hip flask that is half empty or half full, depending on how you look at it. Um, I'm going to take two of the fives. Take right, add $10. <laughs> okay. And take all of the condoms. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Good. Cause I didn't know I was in that flask. All right. Um, you hear a, as you are standing there, you kind of, your ears and your hackles rise as you hear kind of a high pitched scream, uh, from further towards the dorms. Uh, I think we should probably head over that way. And (sighs) as we do, um, I'm going to tell a gal like, okay, so at the graveyard, there was someone who was responsible for all of this. So I'm assuming here there's someone who is responsible for all of these, you know, statues coming to life. We need to figure out who that is. Yes, so like, I, I guess would we agree. just keep trying to find statues until we can figure out where they're coming from. Well, last there's- time the the necromancer was like in the thick of things. So we need to find where there are the most statues doing the most damage. Okay. Uh, I think for right now we should still head towards the dorms though because that seems like it's going to get bad fast. Yeah, probably. All right. Did you say this all while you're like standing in the... We're walking the and talking. We're moving. We're walking. Walking and talking. Typical Aaron Sorkin. Uh, as you were getting over there, the same time. you see, you see, uh, a, a woman, uh, dressed in a big black robe with a, a white crocheted sort of neck piece, uh, and big, huge glasses. And she is, she's currently putting her hands over her face because there are several, uh, stone gargoyles, real small guys, uh, sort of the birdsing her as she is putting her arms over her head, uh, kind of running back and forth. What do you do? Um, as I run by the woman, I'm going to yell like, nice Ruth Bader Ginsburg costume, and then take a swing at one of the gargoyles. So you try to punch a gargoyle out of the air. Well, how, like, are they, okay, how <coughs> high up are they? Well, they swoop down to the birds, her. So you just got to um, time it right. What okay. if I use my cape and try to, like, sweep them up <laughs> into my cape? <laughs> So, so you're trying to that. catch them like like so many butterflies. Yes. All right. Roll roll straight up and down dex check, I guess. Okay. Luckily, dex is my speed. What? Uh, roll like the wind, Katie. Oh, that went out of my dice box and was cocked on the carpet. Uh, that is a 19 plus 6, a 25. Jesus nice. Christ, why do we let a rogue into this adventure? Yes, you you wrap up. Let's see. There are six of them, and you managed to wrap up only one, unfortunately. Um, so you wrap up one, and you now have it in the, the cape. But before you can even think of what to do with this now gargoyle that you have inside your like Halloween Town cape, uh, two more just flat out explode in the middle of the air in a bright red blast of magic. Uh, and you you kind of spin around to find where it came from, and you see walking up uh, in just the best high heels you've ever seen in your life, and 
well, an outfit that I'll let them describe. You you see someone that is very familiar to you. You see Lilith, the the witch that uh, Molly had rescued, or not helped rescued, but helped to rescue mm-hmm. uh, Carmela Sweet with the social media influencer Lilith. So, uh, Shell, welcome to the program. Would you like to start by telling us what Lilith is wearing as a Halloween costume? Absolutely. Um, I have been listening with interest as you have been talking and like, how many costumes is he going to take from me? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I also apologize to everyone for the coughing. Um, but Lilith is walking up in some of the best high-yield boots you've ever seen um, and an immaculately tailored uh, suit, a uh, real menswear oh. look. She is wearing her sort of, it's, I mean, it's, you know, like a trench coat on top of the suit because it's, you know, maybe going to be a little rainy later. You're in the Pacific Northwest. Um, And she is carrying a, like a, like a butler tray. Um, And she has her long, dark hair in a ponytail uh, way at the top of her head, Ariana Grande style. Um, And... Uh, so yeah, there she she walks up in a in basically a tux uh, with a tie and is like, looks like you could use some help. Um, Molly is still a little starstruck by Lilith, even though they've had some great <laughs> adventures together. And so she's trying so hard to be like calm, cool, and collected. Like, oh my god, Lilith, hi, hi, love your costume. You look amazing. Um, how are you? Hi, what's what's up? What do you what are what are you up to tonight? Hi. Um. I mean, you know, I've been the. the tux- <laughs> These gargoyles. <laughs> um. I'm. I. You know, I'm here with a coven. Uh. But do you think maybe we should help this person? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably. Uh. Molly like actually pulls it together, steps back over. What are the gargoyles doing right now, Mick? They. Uh. They're actually turning their attention to a gal who has one of their lot it trapped in the cape, much like an R. Kelly. Uh, and so now I'm gonna need you guys to roll initiative with the the three remaining gargoyles that are not trapped. I got it too. I got an eleven. Ooh. Um. I got a five. That actually works perfectly for the initiatives that I've rolled for the gargoyles. Oh my gosh. 11 is the highest by far. <laughs> Yikes. So Katie, you have a cape with the uh, first gargoyle trapped inside of it. What are you going to do with this this sort of uh, this bat that you have in the belfry? Um, I'm gonna take us to like Jewish wedding style, spin it up tight and just curb stop it. Oh man. No, I would be lying if I said I didn't see something like this coming, but I did not expect the Jewish wedding. Glass. <laughs> I'm gonna say this is a coup de gras with that description. You am, just am throw I it incorrect? on the ground and then just stomp on top of it. Am I wrong? <laughs> Oh, no, you goodness. you do this thing. You do this thing. You stomp on top of it. And then and since that was such a great way of handling this, I'm going to let you have a, a free one-liner of your choosing to direct to the other two gargoyles. Oh, a free one-liner. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. What are bone puns? Um, ah, all right. I'm going to look at the other two. I'm going to be like, you ain't going to see him tomorrow. <laughs> And they they flutter and kind of look at each other and they're like, does she know we're gargoyles and not skeletons? And then they keep flying. You're you're made of bone. They're made of stone. stone. Oh, I thought you were saying, oh, I was mixing up bone golems with the stone gargoyles. No. Hey, they sound a lot alike. Gargoyles. Okay. Here we go. Gal commits to it. You're just going to go with it? You could, okay, you're not trying again. You're saying, you know what? She said what she said, and that's it. That's how Gal Capone All operates. Right. Um, Lilith, uh, being very sure that she is going to be able to outdo this one-liner, is up next. <laughs> um, okay, uh, Lilith is going to um, reach into her jacket and pull out a lead pipe um, and swing it to hit uh, one of the gargoyles. All right, roll to attack. I rolled a 16. 
that will hit. And I will tell you what, it just sort of parts around the lead pipe into several different shattered pieces and lands much like gravel along the floor ground. We're outside. Um, I will tell you this for free. One thing you notice is that there are far too many pieces like this. It doesn't split into two as it goes around this. It doesn't even split into chunks as it goes around this. She like it, it, shatters. it shatters as it falls to the ground mm. into like pebbles. Uh, and so that undoes, uh, I will say, uh, Gargoyle 1. So Gargoyle 2 is up. And it's going to take a look, of the four of you, it's going to take a look at, that is uh, Gal Capone, not learning its lesson. Don't challenge a rogue at level four. Uh, it is going to go in for the attack on Gal Capone and manages to swoop down with the seven. It hit the 20 on my mouse pad and then landed on the seven as it fell off. So that's a seven to attack. Beautiful. Yeah, it's not going to hit, bud. That's weirdly not going to hit. I, I, You easily duck it. Shocking. Uh, maybe because it was... It was a little bit uh, cross-eyed at, at that one-liner. So we are now up to Molly. These guys are swinging down rapidly enough that you should be able to get one out of the air, uh, or you can take take aim duck hunt style. Uh, still a little too nervous about the gun on the college campus thing. So we're going to go for the brass knuckles. Ugh, I rolled a nine. Plus five is 14. All right, you, you <laughs> swing, and in front of Lilith which is just twice as embarrassing. You you try to punch something while jumping and you don't hit it. It's like if you tried to dunk in front of an entire auditorium of high school students and you just didn't get it. So like it's you can almost hear the disappointed noise as, as it goes past. Well, uh, this Gargoyle is embarrassing. Two, Gargoyle 2 is going to take aim at the uh, young lady. Uh, that's not you guys, and she's uh, the gargoyle is, is mostly going to kind of get in her hair, like the talons start ripping out her hair. So no, if if real people had HP, no no real damage to that. But I'm not going to say it doesn't hurt, uh, which brings us back up to Katie. You got one gargoyle up in the air, and you got another one in the hair. I always try to rhyme my combat encounters. Um, I, I'll go with the air one because my baseball bat is not meant for like delicate uh <laughs> things it's delicate a butcher's work. knife not a scalpel uh, um oh that's a nat 20 to hit baby oh do i get hey, sneak attack on this it's not I, gonna matter do you want <laughs> i was gonna say sure why not um since you got a nat 20 on this thing do you want to explain it does have to shatter into a bunch of pieces but would you like to explain what happens um, let's see. I think Gal, um, like, sees the, the gargoyle mocking her for her bad one-liner and just, like, <laughs> perfectly times the end of her baseball bat that it, like, goes straight into the gargoyle's mouth and just, like, shatters out the back of his head. Oh. <laughs> you hear just the shortest ever, like, <gasps> and then it explodes just fine. Uh, which brings us back to Lilith, uh, who's got the lead pipe in her, her right hand. Or she, maybe she's left-handed, I guess. But uh, <laughs> she is up, and there is a gargoyle in an innocent woman's hair, just sort of bat in a horror movie style, stuck there. I do want to register that Lilith like sort of nods approvingly at Gal Capone for her excellent work with the baseball bat. Um, just for the record. Uh, and, and Molly is even she's... more mortified that... Gal got a nod from Lilith. <laughs> um, I do think it is fitting that we are recording this on Bi Visibility Day. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so uh, Lilith is going to fire, uh, uh, sort of cock her, cock her uh, left hand, um, and fire some magic missiles off at the uh, at the gargoyle that's in the girl's hair. Um, she's kind of hoping that the woman is going to be too distracted to notice the magic happening. So. Yep, and magic missiles are a guaranteed hit of 1d4 plus 1, and I'm going to tell you that no matter what you roll, that's going to kill this little guy. Uh, out of the, the cocked hand, left hand of uh, Lilith come these these three magic missiles, and the woman is, is screaming and looking at the ground, and then as the, the shards dissipate around her, uh, she kind of looks up and she goes, what even was that? Uh, Molly's going to step in because it, it, I have been given the uh, charge to not let anyone else find out about the supernatural. Um, and I'm going to like kneel down next to the girl, like see how she's doing, make sure she's okay, 
Like, are you okay? You hit your head really hard. What's goes, going on? What? No, I I didn't even. Oh, I get. What am I? No, have you have you been nah. drinking tonight? I think you must have hit nah, your head she pretty says, hard. Her head, like her head back and forth, and even though like tears are still coming down her face, she's not actively crying anymore. This is this is brushed off her quite quite quickly. She's like, no, nah, I was just walking back from Phi Gamma Psi, and I there were like birds or something. You like. Yeah, dude, it was a bunch of bats. Like, you were, like, climbing around in the bushes, and we told you not to, and then, like, you disrupted a whole bunch of bats. You should really go All get right, some rabies I'll go meds. do that tomorrow. I'm going to go to... I, yeah. Like, this, these dorms are so old. I dissent. Yeah, Am I they right? really are. Like, I dissent. Can we... Oh, my gosh, you're so right. Oh, Girl what a power. great costume. Can we walk you back to your room just to make sure yeah, you get right. there okay? Or do you have someone? Uh, and then uh, yep, you see that a figure would work kind too. of pump the door open of the dorm. And I'm I'm imagining the quad at you and I, because that's where I went to college. Uh, someone pumps open the door and is like, hey, is that you? And she's like, no, I'm Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And this man kind of like props the door open with a sandal and kind of hops on his other sandal on his way out. And he is dressed in just athletic shorts and a, and a shirt. And he's like, okay, Sally is inside. Let's get you inside. Let's get you some water. And he's wearing a, a, a hello, my name is tag on his, in his left uh, chest that says, hello, my name is Expediency. And he takes her into the dorm and, uh, he takes very good care of her. <laughs> he and, and uh, Sally really get her hydrated and, and really help her to feel better in the morning. That's Great. a really esoteric costume, and I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's really meta. <laughs> yeah, it's Great. super meta. Um, I, I think feel... I should go for that in Homecoming. Just call it, or not Homecoming, Halloween. Put it on my chest and have me on podcast expediency. <laughs> <laughs> and then every time somebody ends a story weirdly, I'm like, and then, and then I just go, I cut to the next thing, This American Lifestyle. The rules of narrative logic, that's who you are. <laughs> that's right. Yes, my, the biggest enemy is at the top of my head. Um, oh, goodness. All right, sorry. So she's, she's been taken care of, but she said she was coming from a frat house on her way in. You guys recognize this frat house as being of, of dubious moral, legal, and social standing. And in that way, is it different than any other frat house that exists? Hey, yo. Talk about uh, subtext. I look at Lilith and Gal and say, I think we should probably head over to the frat house. Unfortunately, I hate saying those words. <laughs> yeah. All right. We good? You make your way kind of, you're taking a, a westerly turn out of campus uh, and make your way to frat <laughs> row. Uh, and the party begins to pick back up again, but you see a little bit of like confusion in people's eyes. Like they just sort of witnessed. Uh, a fight or they, but they're not excited about it. Like a bad kind of fight. Uh, like they just sort of, uh, saw a police chase go by that didn't look like it was fun. I don't know. College kids love weird stuff, but this weird stuff seems to be getting their goat. Um, as we kind of walk through the crowd, I'm going to ask like, Hey, what's, what's going on? Is there still a party out here? And they're like, uh, let's see. There's a, a big guy that is dressed up in a like a gorilla chest and gorilla arms, but he's just wearing the, the Cascadia University like yellow shorts. Like he didn't bother trying to get any legs for, to match his costume. And then he's wearing a sort of a gorilla mask pulled back on the top of his head. He's like, yeah, there's like some guy that uh, was was uh, dressed really convincingly as as like Martin Luther. Uh, I think that's who, not King, just like regular Martin Luther. Uh, and he was trying to like break down the door and they tried to get him to leave. He was like, was he wearing, was he wearing a brown robe? Uh, it was gray. He, he was trying to look like the statue from campus, I think. Uh, and so oh. I don't know why someone would dress up as that statue. Cause it's like, we're not even a Lutheran university. Uh, I make eye contact with Gal and Lilith and say, hey, man, have a good night. And then, like, start hustling in the direction oh, okay. that he had pointed towards. Yeah. And it's it's kind of towards the, the frat house on its way. Yeah. 
so as you you go, you see the sort of Martin Luther statue going door to door. It's it's stepping off of a porch with people sort of looking at it uh, massively askance. Uh, and then you see a bearded man in a toga uh, kind of walking between the the backyards. And then you hear some kind of weird like you can it's more like you can feel it than you can hear it in your feet you can feel it in the stone of the sidewalk underneath you the concrete of the sidewalk underneath you uh you can feel like a a vibration that goes like wub 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 and it has nothing to do with the dubstep pouring out of the uh mupai alpha house okay so i think we're getting closer yeah yes agreed um let's keep going in that direction Okay. Yeah. All right. So as you get closer to the the frat house with the Luther kind of coming off the porch, he doesn't even uh, really look at you very askance at all. He just makes his way to the next uh, door, uh, and he you can see he has a stone hammer and some stone paper in his hands, and uh, you assume he's going to try unsuccessfully to hammer the paper into that door. <laughs> um, then the uh, the Greek man in the toga just sort of sits on a stump. And starts starts expositizing at large. You can't understand a word he says. Uh, it's all Greek to you when you think about it. When you think about it, it's all Greek to you. So uh, Toga Man is also a statue, correct? Not just a frat bro dressed up like a Oh no, what gave, what gave you person? the impression that he was a statue? He's just like a, no, I'm just kidding. Yes, he's, he's, okay. he's a, he is also a statue. I didn't know um, if it was like a frat guy was like, don't you get it? I'm Greek. And that was his Halloween costume. That's cleverer than any frat boy has ever been. Fair enough. Okay. So, okay, um, we're looking closer, at Greek statue and we're looking at Martin Luther statue. Got it. Yes. And uh, as you get closer, you can feel that that vibration continuing and it's getting stronger underneath your feet. You, you cross over the street and you can see in the backyard uh, that there is a statue of a small dog. Uh, and that small dog has uh, the plaque underneath that reads, To Suds, the partiest dog that ever partied. And it's like a bull terrier. We're not gonna uh, have to. We're not gonna have to hurt the statue of the dog, are no. we? You tell me, because there's a guy with his hand on his head that seems to be staring at it dramatically, and he is wearing a brown robe uh, with a hood over his head. Ooh, ooh. Okay. Um. So, thinking like proximity-wise, what is closest to us right now? Is it? Uh- Greek man? I'm going to say you're... Is it Martin Luther? Is it brown robe guy with the dog that I really don't want to have to hurt? I'm going to say, if you imagine yourself between two houses, the one to your left is like a just a gorgeous blue Victorian. And then the one to your right is like a real sort of farmhouse in the middle of the city vibe. It's white. That's the important stuff you came here to this podcast to listen to. This uh, is an you're kind of in like podcast now. The, the, yeah. um, it's called 97% Invisible. Um, <laughs> you are standing in sort of like the side yard alleyway, if that makes sense. Um, you step okay. on several beer cans to get there. Uh, and so in front of you is sort of like a, a bricked patio with the dog statue and the guy on it. The The Greek philosopher is behind you in sort of the front yard uh, on that stump. And then Martin Luther is now fully across the street, just not even really uh, engaging with you. Um, I think I Lilith, I think, is going to cast um, Detect Magic real fast, just kind of like <laughs> as a... She's trying to get a better sense of what's going on. All right. You would not believe this, but you're going to find that you uh, there is magic going on. What? Uh, what is Lilith Magic's uh, sort of show-up-y key? Because sometimes it's like weird colors. Some, sometimes it's whatever. I think it's colors. That feels like the easiest uh, and fastest yeah, thing. It feels like Lilith, um, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're patterns. So a chevron pattern shows up around both the dog. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I was going to say, I'm, oh, so early 2010s, Mick. <laughs> um, I'm looking up the types of magic. If you like, uh, this would be transmutation, right? To change stone into living creature, right? That yeah, makes sense. Like it. Yeah, okay. So the sort of uh, uh, violet of it, transmutation magic appears in front of you over both statues, and you can see sort of a pulsing. Uh, it's getting like pulse, pulse, pulse. Pulls, 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 like it's happening in triplets. 
around mm. the dog, sort of straining off of this guy's hand. Uh, he individually does not seem to be transmutated magic, uh, but it is coming out of him into the dog. And he's not reading from anything. He's just doing. He is staring intently at the dog. Okay, but and so the dog is not current. It is not currently active. Okay, um, I, Lilith says uh, we've got to stop that guy, uh, and um, I think she's going to toss a firebolt at him. <laughs> right? Hell yeah! Uh, what's that? A deck save? Lilith also does not want to hurt this dog. It is very important to her. It is also um, very important to Molly. This is one thing that we have in common. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. Hold on one second. I'm going to double check the, whether this is an attack or if it's a save. Um, Firebolt. Uh, it's a spell attack for me, so I'll roll for that. Um, and I got a 15. All right. That is going to hit. How much damage do you do? Uh, I do 1d10, which is 6. All right, you do 6 damage. You catch this guy. Uh, he flies back. His hand leaves the dog, and you see the dog kind of begin to, like, very, like, it's in slow motion, like somebody recorded with an iPhone thinking they're artsy. Slow motion does, like, the, the shaky thing that dogs do uh, when they wake up. So it's just, it's kind of alive, but its batteries are, are only half charged. And Low. He, he yeah. flies onto his back onto the pad. He goes, ow, he says. And he sits up, and he looks very mad. His hood has fallen back, and you can see that... Uh, he is wearing like John Lennon glasses, just the shittiest way you can wear them. Uh, and he has just oh, the, the tiniest, thinnest mustache over his upper lip. Gross. What are you doing? He's like, art, magical art. Uh, Molly just kind of scoffs a little bit and is like, that sounds lame. No, that's my name. I'm so magical lame. art. <laughs> Is there an unmagical art? Like, do you need to? Do we need to distinguish you from? Someone? I was unmagical art, but I discovered this power. You know nothing of it, he says, and he begins to stand up. Uh, um, Molly says, "Oh, you don't think I know anything of it?" And then swings at him with her brass knuckles, also using ensnaring strike. All right, roll so that attack. he will be restrained by vines. That is a 14 plus 5 is 19. That is going to hit, and he will be restrained by vines. He gets to make a strength saving throw, I do believe. Uh, so you punch him what good as he's trying to get up off the ground. Real brave stuff to punch a man that's getting up. Uh, and he is going to roll a 16, which, according to your thing, he is not going to be restrained. That is he, he sits up. A you hit. No, he's not hurting you. That was a saving throw to oh. get out of his vines. Got it. Yeah. Um, you get to roll damage, though. Okay. So my brass hit. knuckles are 1d6. And that is a two. And that is a two. So you, you kind of punch him real what good in the chest, and he looks like he's going to fall over and be uh, restrained by these vines, but he managed to sort of rip uh, rip them up with a, a hand and, and fully stand up now. So uh, he says, what are you doing? I'm, I'm making the campus beautiful. Are you drunk? He's actually not. Uh, he No, I, I just talk like this because it's meaningful. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh, you're an art student. <laughs> yeah. I'm I do magical art. I don't know what's confusing about this. My name is Magical Art and I do magical art. I don't get what's difficult. Well, you can't do this here. You're scaring students, you're causing damage, and by the way, what were you trying to do with that dog? He says this and then puts his hand on it really fast no! and it springs to life. Uh, and then it shakes, it finishes shaking, it is now in full battery mode, and it sort of like uh, wags its tail and it jumps and it, it gets to your leg, uh, and it kind of looks up at you expectantly. Oh, I don't want this to happen with the dog. Um, so Gal's going to remember when they took out the necromancer and all of the zombie people uh, 
we're no longer of this plane of existence, and she's going to sneak attack against this dude (laughs) and see if knocking him the fuck out will uh, just make all of the statues stop moving. All right, roll roll to attack this dude. Um, That is a 15 to hit. That's going to hit. Sneak attack, the son of a bitch who was so excited about his dog attack squad. Uh, 19 points of damage. Uh, You were going to knock him down to one point of health, which I'm going to say goes ahead and does, in fact, knock him out as opposed to killing him. Uh, You really knock him to the ground, and Molly, as you kind of jump back with the knowledge that, or with the sight of this man's brain blood being spread across the the ground, uh, this dog statue is now frozen with its paws in the air and its like tongue lolling out. Uh, So it is now planted in a separate place. All right. Okay. Uh, Gal kind of like cracks her neck a little bit. Um, Any you guys got any rope? Yes, I do. Of course um, you do. L- Lilith reaches into her into her jacket and pulls out a coil of rope. Uh, DM, can I roll a performance check to see how sexily I can like uh, tie this guy up? Like to see how <laughs> impressive BDSM? it can be. What do you like? I want it. To, I want this to be like impressive looking. Oh, sure, roll a performance check and then let wait. I I do want to ask because I I think I'm on the same page. Uh, Lilith, what shape does this rope originally come out of your jacket in? It's it's in a coil, like it's a loop, and then there's like it's like tied around itself. Hmm. Some. All right, sweet. What? Um, I I don't I I mean no one's asked who Lilith is yet, but if you've ever seen the way that the rope looks on the Clue weapon card, oh, I was hoping they would figure <laughs> it out. I had gotten there with the lead pipe. I was like. Did you either of you want to guess who who Lilith is right now? <laughs> You're the butler from Clue. I'm the butler from Clue. She's so Mrs. Here's Body. The thing is that I didn't Ms. Oh. Ms. Body. Uh, I didn't want to ask because I assumed it was a pop culture reference that I didn't get, but instead it was a pop culture <laughs> reference that I should have gotten but didn't. My first instinct was Janelle Monet. <laughs> <laughs> also would have been pretty fair. good instinct i'm getting but, very but blake lively does not have in, the temerity to do that's that. true i'm getting very uh blake lively in a simple favor vibes yeah it's a good look it's that except she's also sort of like done her makeup a little bit to be like tim, Cur- tim curry mm. isn't all makeup done to be a little tim curry all right uh, uh gal let me it? hear that performance check uh it is a 15 minus 2 13 15 minus minus 2 for performance minus all right, you you go ahead and do it, and just when you're like, ha ha, he moves a little bit, and one of the two, what like one of the four knots you've made comes untied, and so it looked a little bit more impressive before, but he is still uh, hogtied as he's like stirring to consciousness. The statues continue not to move, or the statue of the dog continues not to move. What about the other two? What about uh, Greek man and? Martin Luther. Martin Luther. Do you turn around to to like leave this this backyard to go see? Uh, I do. All right. So, uh, Molly, as you turn around, I'm going to need you to roll, uh, let's call this perception for me. Okay. I rolled an 11. All right. 11 minus one. That's a 10. You, you see that people are inside the, the house and, uh, uh, you know, have continued to be in there. Uh, and then you make your way out uh, and see that the the thinker statue of the Greek guy is still on the stump exactly where you left him. Uh, and Martin Luther is like has his hand outstretched towards the door of the next one of the of a house on Did a porch. He... he is stuck. Hmm. I'm going to pop back over to where Gal and Lilith are and say, we still have a problem because even though the statues aren't moving anymore they've moved and so someone's gonna know that something is up sounds to me like it's just a bitchin ass halloween prank but how would they move this like not just move the statue from one physical location to the next but like move its arms and legs and everything can we blame this on like a frat bro prank Will anyone buy it? Look, I have not had the college experience. However, 
Uh, frat boys that I have known have been capable of very impressive feats when they are not related to schoolwork or being good people. Fair enough. Uh, Gal, roll an, uh, I always want to say observation, but that's not it. Roll a performance check for, or a perception check for me. Okay. Uh, an 11. 11. You you don't really know where this comes from, but you hear just some distant, hell yeah. And they high five. <laughs> Bro. Uh, so you have stopped the statue man who is, is uh, uh, roped up in front of you. Magical art. Uh, you have uh, successfully subdued him. Yeah, what are we going to do with this guy now? I was going to say don't. we can throw him in our trunk. Oh, God. He'll have enough air to breathe until we can, like, get him back to Arthur. Okay, but what? Shouldn't we? Should you call Arthur? Like, could he come and pick him up and take him back? Or is he busy doing other stuff? Oh, yeah, that's probably a good idea rather than, you know, marching the hogtied, half passed out guy in the brown robe all the way back across campus to our car. Uh, It's Halloween. Um, Molly gets out her cell phone and tries to call Arthur. Does he pick up? Uh, Yes, he does. He says, Molly, hello. Uh, Have you seen anything weird? We haven't been able to find any of these weird statues. And you can kind of hear. Where are you and Elva? Where did you even go? (laughs) Are you at a bar right now? No. I'm sorry, you're breaking up. What do you need from me right now? Okay, we figured out what was going on with the statues. We've got the guy responsible. He's wearing a brown robe. Oh, hint, like broken hint, brown If arrow. you know what that means. Yes. Um, Why are you can being you come sly? pick us up? <laughs> yes, uh, I can. I can suppose. you come and get us? Okay, yeah, okay, we're over by the um what's this frat house called? Sigma, 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 I don't know. Sure. Some Greek bullshit. Uh and he says, Oh, they're all on Greek row, right? Yes. Sweet, I'll just cruise down Greek Row like in my old college days. I should tell you a story or two. Like this oh, one. Arthur, time. you're gross. That's kind of embarrassing. We'll see you soon. And then okay. I hang up on him. Yeah. Um, shortly thereafter, you guys are hopefully carrying. Are you carrying or dragging this guy? I like kind of hoist him up like he's a drunk yeah. buddy that I'm toting around. Right. Oh yeah, that's Lilith good. will help on the other side, sort of like be in the support support on the other side. You hear mm-hmm. a frat boy be like, "Yeah, man, threesome." Uh, but you successfully. Kill you. <laughs> but oh, okay. Uh, he gets a fear boner. But then you are like toting this guy, kind of hopscotching his way because I assume you tied his feet, um, and he's like. Oh, I don't even know why you did that. We're just trying to play pranks, bro. I'm making things beautiful. Malik said it was going to be a great night. Alex? Who said it was going to be a great night? Malik Zong. He's Malik Zong. He said it was going to be a great night. Oh, where would we find him? Oh, is that... Oh, where even? Oh, dang, my head hurts so much. I can't really think about it. I think I have a concussion. I could make your head hurt a whole lot worse if you don't start remembering. Uh, quite frankly, uh, gal, I think that if you made his head hurt just even a little <laughs> bit worse, he would literally die. I could specify uh, non-lethal damage. Okay, I have a cantrip of lay on hands, and it can do uh, up to twenty HP to restore in others. Can I restore him by, can I choose how much to restore him by? Yep. Like, can I, can I like lay on a pinky finger and give him like (laughs) two HP back? Yep. So you, you lay on a pinky finger, gave him two HP back and suddenly uh, his brain turns out has not been bleeding that bad inside his skull. Uh, Good. He gets his balance back and it's like, oh yeah. Oh, Mm. man, I, my bell has not been rung. Uh, and he says, yeah, Malik Zong, he's, he's down there at the, the headquarters, the same place we were like, like a month ago. I don't know why he hangs out down there. There's nothing cool. He says from behind the docks. Yeah. The docks. That's right. What is he doing down there? Like what, what are his plans there for tonight? Oh, it's 
you know, the same it's always been, man. Like, at least this guy has a vision, magical art says. And that vision is... That, well, I don't really know what he does, but something with magic. Like me. Make it obvious. Make everyone know that I'm the best magical artist. I'm magical art. Hey, hey, uh, magical art. You ever heard of Bansky? <laughs> and how his whole thing is like, nobody knows it's him. Maybe you should invest in that. Yeah, I'll be like Bansky. <laughs> I feel That's like Mick is, Mick is making fun of my pronunciation and I... I'm not here it's, for it. It's the Costco Banksy. <laughs> Ka- Look, Gal did not go to college. I've established this twice in this episode. I'm with Lilith. I think she's just being really clever and trying to avoid copyright infringement. <laughs> so, yep, yep. 100%. He goes, yeah, I'll be, I'll be Banksy or Bansky. In this world. It's like, it's like the Banksy of Bankskies. I'll be Bansky. And he goes, okay, let me out of this ropes. Mm, no. No, absolutely, no, absolutely not. not. Oh. And he hangs his head very sadly, and Art pulls up. Okay, I was going to say, where is Arthur? He was on, it like took it a while. There's him. people crossing the street. Come on. I'm just really annoyed hey. that Arthur was at a karaoke bar while we were doing all of the work. I would love L- to see Lilith. someone do Louie Louie as karaoke. <laughs> Lilith gets this like really intense look in her eye, and she goes, wait a second. We're handing over magical art to non-magical art. <laughs> uh, I take a, a very serious look at Arthur and say, non-magical art, are you sure you can handle this? He not he nods his head very severely. He's like, uh, yes, I've got I've got Elva right here. And she kind of leans forward. And she goes, hi. <laughs> okay, so are they gonna like are they gonna take him back to headquarters? What's the plan? I don't know. Ask him. Arthur, are you going to take it back to headquarters? What's the plan? Yes. Yeah, see, they're going to... Sorry, I just want to be a little shit. Um, uh, they are planning on taking it back to headquarters. They have a sort of... Uh, I don't want to say extrajudicial, because that makes them sound like the mob again. But... Uh, yeah. Wow, all the way back from episode one. They do have a way of uh, getting this guy uh, settled while you go and handle Broken Brown Arrow. And Elva kind of leans forward again. She goes... Be, be careful. These people have been going on for a very long time. I mean, after all, Malik Zong was the one when you saved me in the 1920s. How has he been around for so long? I assume some sort of magic. I know, but like, where is he drawing that magic from? I don't know the rules of this universe. There just is magic. Okay, fine. Um, I'm going to turn back toward Arthur and say, before Gal and I came over here to take care of the statues, you said something about bone golems. Do we still need to take care of that? Or should he, we head straight down to the docks? He waves it away. He says, from from what we found out so far, it seems like whenever you take care of the man, or the person, I should say, sorry, but the person behind the uh, magic, the rest of the, the side effects stop. So if we go for the, the mothership, as it were, uh, let's hope that we can really take it down. Also, Roman handled the bone golems. Of and then you feel a Snapchat in your, like a, in your phone. Uh, I'm going to pull out my phone. I'm assuming it's from Roman. No, it's from your cousin. Why would it be from Roman? And then you clear out the one from your cousin that just has streak on it. And then, yes, you get one from Roman uh, where he is holding two different skulls. Or he's holding a skull like a bowling ball. And so it's just like a picture of his hand in the skull. uh, And it's a video. And so when he, like, spreads his fingers apart, the skull gets bigger and smaller and bigger and smaller. And it says says boneling. And you're like, Roman, that did not work out out loud. (laughs) Um, I'm going to show the video to Gal and say, your one-liner probably would have worked better here rather than on the gargoyles that are made out of stone. Yeah, okay, just don't tell Roman. Hey, tell Roman that, like, that's somebody's, like, brain canister that he's fucking with. Like, he's fingering someone's brain canister. Uh, A picture comes in, and it's him putting one finger through an eye socket, and it has the caption, fingering someone's brain canister. <laughs> Gal uh, just like walks away. Absolutely, 
I can absolutely guarantee you that Roman does not care. Um, all right. Um, Lilith, Lilith says, uh, you're following me, right? Oh, on like, on like social? On social. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yes, I've been following okay. you for so long. Okay. Um, Thank God. Well, you, you posted, were when we first met. Have you posted anything tonight? Like, should we take like pictures or something? No, it's a whole coven situation. So I have felt a little weird about it because I didn't want, you know, Molly to show up and be like getting me in trouble for PR things. Um because, you know, the coven's been out trying to keep an eye on some magic stuff that we're we're monitoring. Um, there's a slight miscommunication about some of the costumes, but that's fine. Um, and, yeah, so, I, I, you know, not not tonight, but I'm, I'm, I'm figuring it out. I'm going to figure out something to post, you know. Okay. Okay. Well, like, if you ever wanted to, like, I don't know, like, take a picture together or whatever, I mean, like, that would, that would be fine. Um, hey. Okay. Hey, ladies. Gal's gonna like turn around. She's gonna like pretend to like cock her bat. We got shit to do. Let's go. <laughs> uh, Lilith, are you gonna come with us down to the docks? Should we? Yeah. Should you contact the coven? Should they come too? I'll I'll call them. I'll I'll call them while we're on while we're on our way. They're kind of all over town. So. All right. Uh, I think we will start heading back towards the car as they're walking. Molly is panicking because she feels like her car is kind of messy and also not very stylish. And she's really nervous about letting Lilith see the inside of her messy, unstylish car. Uh, as you guys get up to the car and you you unlock it, I assume with keys and then and Molly has to press the unlock button. It's just... oh. So heartbreaking for Molly. Um, you get into the car, and uh, Lilith naturally takes the shotgun. Gal Capone has to sort of awkwardly go to the back seat. Uh, and then as you're starting to drive away, uh, Lilith hit me with one last perception roll, if you might. Oh, um, an eight? An eight. You see a teenager, or a sort of like a freshman, a sophomore, in the, like, the bright flashlight of her friend's phone, and you realize you don't know what weird dance she's doing, and it drives you insane. And the car drives off towards the warehouses. <laughs> she's her, she, her. She's like presses her face against the window, and it starts to rain. <laughs> Thank you.